Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John hears ringing and doesn't understand praying mantises. Meanwhile, I perform during a snowstorm and ponder launching my own award ceremony. Plus a conversation about handling rejection and dealing with elements of your life over which you have no control. Today's episode is not sponsored by Chewing Gum. We'll see you again in seven years. But first, a word from our actual sponsor. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. It's Bantertown Junction, Johnny. It's another talk about that. Climb aboard, toot toot, other train. Do you, uh, do you board you board at the junction? Do you? you? Board on a junction. I suppose if the junction was happening... Conjunction junction, what's your... It should be noted that I don't know a lot about trains, apparently. Or, yeah. I'm not an engineer, per se. Of uh, any kind? No, of any kind. You know, our friend does Scott who is a listener and dear friend of the podcast is an engineer. He's a brilliant engineer. He is. And I don't, I don't really know what he does. When you say you're an engineer, right? I see a guy he leads driving a, t- a train. He leads a team of other it's engineers, a team. They're of building things. I don't know what they do, Yeah, but I know he has a 3d printer. Yeah. He He's does. the first person I knew that actually like, I thought those were all like big, you know, soulless corporations had those. And he was right. like, no, I got one in my house. And I was like, oh, I think Scott's a soulless corporation. <laughs> but he was going to build me. He goes, what do you want me to? And I didn't know what to tell him. But he did offer the the opportunity to build me um, figurines for this awards thing I was going to do when I was doing a lot of serve team events for churches. For oh, like volunteer appreciation. Uh, yeah, like if you're trying to. Because they would do their own, like churches, some big churches do their own, Citizen of the Year, Servant right. of the Year. And I love doing those because I Most can be- Most humble. Right. I right. can be like, look, you've received your reward. Right. There'll be no- Stand reward. up if you received something so that we can let you know that uh, you've received everything you're going to. Right. This I is did, it. I don't make the rules. I hope it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. You Take your wood, hay, and stubble and get out of here. Right. We're glad you're here for your dinner, but the Lord is displeased. Yes. Something like that. And now the comedy. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway- 
I always wanted to have my own because it's funny because I have jokes about stuff. Like I've been every, I've done every, really every department. I've been on pastoral staff. Mm-hmm. I've been on custodial staff mm-hmm. at a church. I've taught Sunday school. I've been on worship teams. Yep. And um, my wife worked in the nursery for a while. Yep. We've just kind of been. So I like doing those events so much, but I thought it'd be fun to do like snarky little awards that you give that are my awards. And Scott was like, I'll make them with the thing. And we never got together on it. So you're saying Scott f- like dropped the ball. Scott failed. He dropped the ball right. uh, out onto one of those. What are those machines that are like motion machines that you, what are those called? It's like uh, somebody's treadmill. Name. I don't know what you're talking about. No, no, no. When you like the ball kicks the boot and the boot knocks over the pail and the pail drops water onto the thing and then the. And at the end, the mousetrap falls. For that. No, no, they have a thing. Oh, do they? It's like called a something motion machine, but it's named after. He's grabbing his computer. I wanted to look it up. How are you? I can't. What are you going to search? What's uh, the thing called? But the kick hits the ball. Hits the. What? I mean, what are you going to do? And by the way, that was what your inner monologue sounded Perpetual like. Perpetual motion machine, but that's not it. It's not that. It's something else called that. What is it called? Um, centrifugal motion. Hold on. It's a remember the game Mousetrap? I I've set up mousetraps. Okay, so Mousetrap had a machine that's like this. What are they called? What is a mousetrap machine called? Rube Goldberg. Yes. Really, I've never heard You of never that. heard of something called a Rube Goldberg? So anyway, um <laughs> I don't know why. But anyway, if, if Scott was to drop a ball, that's what I was getting at. If Scott was to drop a ball, it would be the beginning of a Rube Goldberg machine where that ball would then kick a <laughs> boot and knock over. Well, we went a long way. When I said Scott dropped the ball, that's what yeah, I love it. I assume Rube Goldberg was a name. Maybe it was two guys' names. It was just it was like Bob Rube and Earl Goldberg, Goldberg. <laughs> and they. I love it. And then when he died, they were like, he kicked, oh. he kicked the bucket. That's what they, that's what they say at his at his funeral. <laughs> that's the very last. The part saddest of the Rube Goldberg machine. That was yeah, like a, was the somebody drops a ball and it kicks a bucket, and yeah. then the casket slowly lowers. That'd be a great. <laughs> It kicks the little mechanism that slowly. Are, this we is just a, want to honor Bob. We're bring his wife up right now. Marilyn, will you do the honors and kick the bucket? Yeah. And then everything, yeah. Or drop the ball, and then it kicks the bucket. Yeah. God. Rube Goldberg. Ah, Marilyn. Guys, that's our show. Marilyn Goldberg. What a great lady. <laughs> We're just making up history. We're just lying to people. But Rube Goldberg is a real thing. I can't believe you don't know this. Johnny, there's a lot of things. You're like know. a scholarship educated person, and I know about Rube Goldberg machines. Do we and you have to don't? do this every week, Johnny? You know more stuff than me. Oh, it's yeah. fine. I just like it when you say it. <laughs> I just wanted to hear it again. I want you to say it. Listen, I don't, and I feel as if, by the way, so I got sucked in this morning. Okay. Um, do you have? Do you ever have um, tinnitus ringing in your ears? Sometimes. So I've. Been do you having, think it's from like overexposure to sound or something? Maybe because I do sleep in like a wind tunnel. Like literally, I go somewhere. No, the the fans and the sound machines and the because it's a delicate balance of sleep in our house. Oh right, so, you know the the white noise. But it's been like like mm-hmm. like if I'm in the office or I go somewhere for a quiet moment, like it's it's been a little more ear piercing than usual. Huh. So when it gets quiet, that's when you notice it the most. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And so, man, the guys that'll preach won't it? Won't it though? Come on now. How many of y'all? Some of y'all got sinitis. <laughs> <laughs> you never have your quiet, Tom. And when you do, I don't know. The convicting, yeah, whatever. All right, go ahead. So I don't know if like my phone knows. Yeah. I haven't searched anything or said anything, but I've seen this ad a bunch of times. 
It's like on. It Instagram. just knows your age. That's probably what it That's is. Probably what it is. It's like ringing in your ears. Try this thing every day, and it stops. And it shows someone with a water bottle closed up against their ear. Huh. And I'm like, it's, so it's just a complete clickbait. Just listening to the water. I don't know because what are they nothing, doing? When you go to it, it, has nothing to do with that at all. And so, have you tried like cleaning out your ears? And did you get your cool ear camera yet? I did, but I haven't opened it. Well, John, I know. Then you only have yourself to blame. I, do, I know. And trust me, I it do. could be that it's not ringing. It's like a civilization of critters in there, just like <laughs> banging gongs. We don't even know, what's, just, go- we don't someone, know what's going on in your it's ear. It's not ringing. It's a cry for help. Yeah, someone's trying to get out. Um, no, it's uh, so the video. I thought there's a video, uh-huh. and I thought, well, this is gonna. And I think it said like twelve minutes. It's only like twenty five. Twelve minutes. Twenty five minutes later, I'm still watching a video, and you cannot advance it. This feels like one of those gotcha videos where it's a at the end. It's, it's a like, joke. Yeah, right. We just stole your identity during this twenty five minutes. There was someone in your house. That's how long we kept you on. Yeah. No. Well, but- they know you can't hear somebody come in. You got ringing in your ears. <laughs> Get that doorbell, honey. Honey, it's your ear again. No, I watched all the way through, and of course, it got a little mm. conspiratorial. Oh no. But I'm, you know, I'm a non-conspiratorial kind of guy in general. Yeah. But I also believe like there's also some harsh realities to the world. Mm-hmm. So they're like, look, the government. You know, he, the guy says he's an he's an anatomy professor. Okay. Had this horrible ringing, but caused him all kinds of other stuff. Like he became. But he was blaming the government, like Havana syndrome or something. No, 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 no. Okay. That there's a that there is a solution that the government knows about. Oh, I see. But that the pharmaceutical markets and all the things they're not going to release it because it would cost everyone millions of dollars because this actually leads to dementia. It leads to all kinds of things in your life. So they tell you all the reasons you should be terrified if there's ringing in your ears. Oh wow. but he's like saying he had all these students all these years, and they're all now researchers and doctors, and he yeah. spent you know all this time. And, he, and everything's got a lot of articles after and stuff, but basically it's an all-natural, like, and he goes through every single ingredient yeah. that's supposed to. Apparently it's not like he's, and, and this was kind of compelling. Okay. He said, I don't know if it's true, <laughs> but he cited a UK study that said, the reason you know this is not about your hearing necessarily is that deaf people still have tinnitus. Oh, wow. So there was like a 1950s um, experiment that was be, be considered cruel today where to get rid of it, they just cut this nerve. Oh, wow. Because so there were people being tortured by it so much, and they still had the ringing. They just lost the rest of their hearing. Huh, it's almost like people that have phantom pain when they don't have <laughs> right. a limb or whatever. But he's saying because it is, it's a nerve thing. It's about the signal. Yeah. It's a signal problem, not a hearing problem. The signal that's going to your brain. So it's like you're getting this static yeah. So it's this nerve that gets inflamed or whatever, and there's these all these herbal remedies basically that will repair whatever that is. So you bought the thing? I've not bought it. Are you gonna? How much I don't is it? know. Twenty five dollars a bottle. It it was a little more. Than you got to take it for the rest of your life. Uh, no, he's like, if you do this for like, he's like, you need to take six bottles of it for it to really because it takes all this time. Six bottles. Six bottles. Apparently, two hundred thousand people have done this. Okay. And he had a bunch of testimonials, but I got sucked in just watching the video. Well, I was just, I don't want to, yeah. but also I wonder if he interlaces ringing. like audio in the background that's ringing so that you'd be like, it's getting worse. <laughs> Wouldn't that be like a crafty at little one trick? One he did put it in there yeah. at, a, at a time, and I really thought maybe our alarm was going off or something because wow. it was so like ear piercing. But uh, the thing about drug herbal things saying like all natural, like I'm not sure about all that. The poison ivy's all natural, right? Black right. widows, all natural, right? Rabid dogs. Cocaine. Oh, opium. Yeah. Or all natural. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So. Mm. That's what. Yeah. 
it had had a bunch of stuff. I was like, well, I don't, I don't know, maybe. So I actually reached out to someone I, who does some more herbal remedies and stuff and yeah. sent them the thing. Oh, you've got like a, a soothsayer? <clears throat> i got someone who is, dabbles in that more than I do. I was like, oh. look, hey, you might recognize some of that these. That guy's an apothecary. He's one of those stone I mean, bowls in a – Right now. What are those things that you put in the really? – No, no. It's like a stone bowl and they put the – Yeah, it's a – What is that called? I don't know. The, the stone, apothecary bowl? Stone hinge? You know when they it's make a, up a, a, a like compound? A, like a compound or a paste? I don't know. An apothecary's bowl. Yeah, a pothable. Yeah, <laughs> you got a friend like that? I have some. Um, yes, and so I was like, "Hey, do you recognize?" And then they sent me. Mm-hmm. I think one of the ingredients. Now there's another more reputable place that like that, and I read there that this actually stops ear ringing as well, so it treats that okay. signal. Also, we have an audiologist friend that I probably just need to go see, who's an actual doctor too. Yeah. So maybe I should. Well, maybe both hand. Yeah. Why not? And then you don't know which one. Then you can be like, I give credit to. The $25 a bottle. I don't know. Maybe I could make my own video mm-hmm. that you can't escape. I do want to know how the guy made a video from which there is no escape. Like You, you could have just closed the tab, couldn't you? Yeah, but you can't fast forward to the end. Yeah. He made it where you couldn't fast forward to the end. You know what, listener? Wow. We hope that you don't fast forward to the end either. They've already skipped this story. They're just <laughs> like, oh boy, oh, we get God. it. You're old. Here it comes. But uh, you're going to really enjoy uh, some words from a few of our trusted sponsors. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. And Johnny, we're back. Okay. Um, I hope that they put a good ad there because I said they were trusted. Yeah. Yeah. What if it's because we don't necessarily vet. wouldn't it be great if it was those same pills that he snuck it in. If he's like, got like an out like people that have those like weird uh, uh-huh. Google searches for your name, Google alerts. Yeah. He knew. He knew. I didn't even say his name. No. But the algorithm picked up tinnitus or whatever, mm-hmm. and suddenly he's like buy, buy a million ads. He on bought that. a million ads. Johnny and I just bought a boat. Well, or at least we get free pills. That'd be nice. What if... I don't have tinnitus, but... See, my ears are ringing a little bit. tendonitis. That's different. Yeah, it's very different. Don't take these for that. No. Go see your doctor. We're here, Johnny, by the way, to give medical advice. There's a lot of medical advice lately on Talk About That. I think... And I don't think you should say that we're old because you're uh, just conditioning the listener. Well, I'm older than you. Well, that's true. By five years. Maybe you should say that we're not old and just speak for yourself. Is that? I'm kind of dreading being 50. Why? I just, it just feels like 50 year old people. I don't want to be one. But, bro, you get to reestablish what 50 looks like. But everybody says that. And yeah, then they go, you know what? No. I'm going Skechers and. Do you ever see someone who just gave in to it and you kind of. Just lean in? You kind of feel. Lean into the 50? Envious of them? Like, wow, that person... Well, like I had somebody tell me the other day that they liked that I was letting the gray... I like that gray in your hair. You should just... And I go, well, I I color it a lot, but I just have it in a while. And then when you do it, it's so drastic. And they go, I think you th- should think about... And I was like, oh, no, now it's... it's, it's I've gone too long without mm-hmm. doing anything just for men or whatever. Mm-hmm. So now it's just going to be shoe polish. Johnny's in a school play. 
<laughs> when I finally do color it, you know, because it's been too long. Right. And uh, so I'm like, am I just going to be gray now? I don't... She used one of those things that it. they have that new thing now that you shampoo and it gradually does gradually it. fades but, it. But here's my argument against that. It doesn't matter because what if you don't see that person until a month of using? It's the same net effect. Well, yeah, but if it's gradual and you're of salt and pepper. Well, they don't think you're going backwards in time. Even the people that see you all the time, they're not like, Benjamin Button. Exactly. <laughs> they're not. And so if it's for that, if it's like, let's say it's for a taping or a show or something, I'm like, I don't want gray hair on this show. Yeah. So I'm going to do a month of this. Well, still, if somebody's seen me for a month, they're just going to go, whoa. It sounds like you just prevented look who's a whole got, like, demographic. Look who's got a wig. <laughs> it sounds like you prevented a demographic from coming to you. We don't want gray hairs in the show. Johnny, I, I was very offended by that. That's ageism. You don't want any. Yourself. You don't want any hair on the show. <laughs> um, Would you say you're anti-hair, Um I told you, Sadie asked me the other day. I think I said that another. Episode. Oh, if she, if, if you I should, ever want to want my hair back. Yeah. And I was just like, man, I don't know if I want to go back now. No. I mean, if I could make my head, you made it through to the other side. If I could make my head less shiny, I might mm-hmm. do that. You know what I'm saying? Is there a something you can do? Is there a treatment? I mean, well, there's a some sort of. Like a matte finish on your head? There is. But a treatment? I've tried one thing, and I don't think it really worked that well. And then it, I immediately passed my... What a treatment? What did you do? It was some sort of, I don't know. A balm? Yeah, something you, like, I use this soap. It's just chalk like the gymnasts use? You know, listener, if you got something out there, it'd be fine. But, I mean, it passed my vanity meter really fast. Like, I oh, yeah. my effort now... Well, you start thinking, like, I don't want to do this every day. Five times a day. Oh, well, that's the thing. You listen to the sports radio guide. He's yeah. like, oh, right. I have my hair back. I have so much confidence. And all it takes mm-hmm. is a 45-minute yeah. treatment every day on my lunch break. I'm like, no, I don't want hair that bad. Yeah. I, want I, my, I want my lunch. Yeah, I want my lunch that bad. Yeah. And I want the freedom to go eat it wherever I want to, Johnny. It's America. Except, as we know, a lot of restaurants won't let bald people in. So it's a Man, catch-22. It's, it's a pandemic or epidemic. It's, wait, wait. It could be. It could be either one. Would it be a pandemic? If you do you think other are other nations? Uh, are you think other nations think are that self conscious of baldness? Do you think America is like unique in that regard? I don't know. As far as vanity, let's get the other we've nations got, on the line. We've got we have China, we have Hollywood here. So I mean that right. kind of projects a lot of body yeah. image stuff on the rest of the world. But I would say like in the UK, people are still getting. But again, that's a Western. Right. It's hard. Yeah. Western society sort of becomes a conglomerate together in some ways yeah. of value systems. But um, yeah, I just wonder if like people are this worried about their appearance everywhere. I would like to think that there are people, there's a civilization out there that's not hung up. Oh, on. I think absolutely the most are not. Yeah. Not on the level that we are. Okay. They probably are hung up on something. I'm not saying like the why do you all, Why are gone. you the blame America first crowd all I, the time? <laughs> No one's as bad as we are. Next question. <laughs> I, no, I love America. Let, let me go ahead and say that. Oh, can I start, though? Can I just inter- interrupt and say, sure, no. why do you hate America so much? <laughs> no, I'm kidding, John. Uh, I, just, I think that we, we have brought about the expectation of celebrity to the common person here. Yeah. Or just the pressure of feeling like, you're somewhere on that ladder, and if you want to go up that ladder, you got to look a certain way. Yeah. But I think body image has always been projected on, especially girls, body image issues. But it's just, it changes over the years. It does. You know, like the expectation for a girl changes. I was in a meeting yesterday with some property development people, mm-hmm. a church meeting, and 
all successful guys, mm-hmm. I would assume. And I they're noticed, developing properties. I noticed that there was a look of them. They like, they were all trim. Okay. They were all over six foot. Interesting. Like me and Andrew are standing there. They're all over six foot. Right. And they all they all had hair. Right. And here's me and Andrew, both in vests, jeans, and whatever. Trying to develop some property. With, and they all are clean shaven. Oh. And we had beards and bald heads. Interesting. And I thought, this is interesting. There was like you know, five or six of them yeah. and two of us. And just statistically, I was like, well, that's interesting to me. That's six against two. They could take you in a fight, too, because they were over six foot tall and trim. Well, absolutely. And there were six of them. Although Andrew and I, when we were the Praying Mantis... P-R-A-Y. We're both pastors. Praying mantis. You, what, are you, what is the praying mantis? Is it like a... Isn't it E-Y? Because doesn't it pray on people? Is that a fighting... No, it's praying like pray. Is it? Yeah. Is it a praying mantis hands, or a praying mantis? No, it's pray like pray. You've never seen praying mantis where the two guys go back to back and do like the kung fu and... Now, let's do praying mantis. But is that because they have their hands up? Yeah, because they're, they're surrounded But it's not but ever they, P-R-E-Y. I don't know. Is it not? I don't think mantises prey on Gosh. people. There's no way to know. Hold on, I'm looking. Don't they right eat now. their? Don't a praying? Doesn't a praying mantis female eat the? Isn't it like a black widow? I think thing? you're right. It is praying mantis, like I said. So yeah. I, I spelled it correctly. I always thought this time they were like predators. <sighs> I think you've projected a lot on Onto the mantis, the mantis. community, yeah. and it's it's high time. I apologize to all of those the mantis uh, listeners. Yeah, every mantis listener out there. Uh, what are the enemies of the praying mantis? That's a great question. Apparently, this podcast. Because we're smirching their character. <laughs> we're preying on the mantis. Um, other other insects. Um, few insects give the praying mantis reason for caution, though it says. So that's good. But I don't want to know the ones that do. At any rate, I just felt like, and they yeah. all had like khakis. Uh-huh. They looked like they were all, they were so nice. It was great. But they looked like, they looked like guys who'd come from fraternities when I was in college. Like mm. they came from a, you know, a frat event or whatever. Yeah. And you know what I thought to myself? I probably should have pledged. Like maybe I'd be taller. How you think it, if you had pledged, you'd be taller? Maybe it affected my life. Maybe it's less. Maybe it's less. As part of the hazing, they would have stretched you. Uh, it's possible. Maybe put my you, hair, put you on the rack. Maybe my hair would have decided to stay around. What if my hair was like, look, what's uh. the point? Like it went away. Like what if the hair made a conscious decision? Hmm. And it wasn't just genetics, Johnny. I don't know, man. There's so many what ifs, really. It's like I'm not staying on this guy's head. He's not even an alpha of sigma, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this guy doesn't deserve me. He doesn't deserve. It's me. not. It's not a habitable environment for me. Look, in high school, I had like the uh, the Brandon Walsh hair. Yeah, like, and I drove a Mustang. So Brandon was, Walsh from nine two one zero. Yeah, and uh, Jason Priestley. Yeah, so oh, Johnny, I don't like to brag. I had a. I was not as good looking as Jason Priestley. Let's be clear. I had more of a Shannon Doherty face. Did you? <laughs> Was a, what was her name? Um, Brenda. Brenda. I was a Brenda. Yeah. No. Brenda and Dylan, right? Brenda and Dylan, man. It was a 90210 summer. I don't know if they're going to make it. No. They didn't make they it. They didn't make it. No. How did it end? Uh, they got canceled. <laughs> they just canceled <laughs> no, the show? No, I don't know. I can't remember what they did to tie the bow on it, but it, it went into everybody got into relationships with everybody, just like every soap opera does, where they're like, who can we put together now? Yeah. But... What if, like, church, when you phased out to another season, yeah. you had, like, a planned ending? Mm-hmm. Like, I think I've always 
Do you look ahead at your life and think? What do you I know mean? How, what do you mean phasing out to another season of church? Well, though? like let's just say that it was time for me to not be a pastor here anymore. Wow! I th- are you getting? Are Guys, we making I think an announcement? You know why I've made this? No, but I always like. I think there was a time. Can we say like John got canceled? <laughs> right, like John. We didn't renew John for this. He next had twenty-one season. seasons and season twenty-two. Just we didn't felt get like picked it. Up. We felt like it really had fought, the writing had fallen off. Yeah, we John, like John's writing had fallen the off. Narrative had run its course. Yeah, and how many times can John preach on this? You know, what I'm saying like yes. the, the listeners need something new. No, I mean I think I always thought. I don't know how you look at the at the head at your comedy career. We talk about this sometimes, but I think when you're young, you almost assume you'll get a say in how things end. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I'm, the longer I live, and the more things I experience, I'm beginning to realize. There have been a lot of things that have happened to me, and it's one of the reasons I'm in, you know, I, I, I do therapy or, or Enneagram or recovery or whatever. Like, in fact, step one in recovery is admitting that you are powerless to, like, not powerless to do anything in life, but you're powerless to maintain uh, l- freedom from life-controlling issues. Like, that's yeah. why you need Christ. You need something outside of yourself. Right. Um, but that really trickles down if you get away from, you know, hurts, habits and hangups and things. But even in like the narrative of your life that you see being written, mm-hmm. I, I always assumed as a younger person, like I remember my first youth group and you were there. Um, you were the 10 man. No, you, you mean were, your first youth group you ran? No. No, that I, that I ran. That you ran. That you were that in was, charge that of. That was a pastor up. Yeah. Like that was not the, I got fired, mm-hmm. which was not the ending. And right. I was surprised. Like, I remember always thinking, like, well, there'll come a time where I'll be able to say that, okay, that, like you said, it's run its course. You thought you were going to get to move on. I'm going to move on to greener pastures, and uh, this has been a very formative experience. Yes. And I thank you. And I love these people. And But there's no way when you love people and you're in it to do that. Yeah. I mean, people do that all the time. I haven't figured out wh- how that just happens unless something's wrong. But when it ends abruptly, uh, you know, I wasn't surprised that it ended. I mean, things weren't great. Yeah, all the time. But um, I realized I didn't get to write the ending. Yeah, and what does that do to your viewpoint of legacy? Your viewpoint of narrative? I think it's what made you want to be a writer. You're like, from now on, I'm going to write. The I'm ending. writing the endings. For all did of I just? You. Did I just? Did we just have a breakthrough? I think we did. Like, can I? Can I? Can we switch? I'll go to the couch. We talk about powerlessness. The thing I think about in my career that I only really realized like five years ago. It's like something you know. If somebody would say to you, you know this, I would be like, yes, but I didn't think about it. But about five years ago, I started thinking, I'm never in the room when decisions are made about me to hire me. Yeah. Like you can just put your work out there and you can be like, here are my clips. Here's my website. But if somebody reaches out and says, who would like to have Johnny or would he come to our, even if it's like a comedy club, there's so many other choices. So you don't know how many other people they've reached out to. You don't know yeah. if it's a church or whatever. And you're not there to advocate for yourself. So it's that's a strange feeling yeah, it's to know. And sometimes you, you never, ever know. But every now and again, like I've done shows before where somebody will come to me at the end and it'll be somebody in a suit or something. Or it'll be somebody that's like, you can tell he's like a powerful person at the church or whatever. And they'll go, um, yeah, uh, I got outvoted. And I'm so glad that we had you. Wow. I, I had one guy say that to me. Like, this was really great. You know, I didn't, I wasn't sure about this. Yeah. And then sometimes people will be like giving themselves an attaboy. They'll be like, I knew this yeah, was going to, you know. Yeah, I went to bad for you. And, uh, but 
I'm never in that room. It's not like people are put me on conference call me like, Johnny, tell us why you think you'd be a they're just making those calls. Yeah. So it is powerless feeling of like they get to decide if I have money or not. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Interesting. Yeah. So you're not you're not they're not just writing your ending like they're writing your story yeah. every time. No, I got a rejection today from a publisher. It was mm-hmm. an, a rejection I expected. It was for chick tracks. Remember those guys? It was oh remember those <laughs> <laughs> John's trying to bring him back. Yeah, yeah. That's a real. That's a really deep cut. Yeah, man. That went back there. That was like evangelicalism in the eighties and early nineties, where mm-hmm. it was just like off the rails propaganda in a little booklet that you would just see like at a public bathroom. Yeah, you'd go what, and it'd be like the devil's in the water supply or whatever, and it would be some crazy yeah. thing about how. And anyway, those were by a guy named something chick. They were called chick tracks. Wow. So it wasn't like a track of like, hey, um, this is how you receive Jesus as your savior. It was like, here's where the Illuminati come into play. Right. Here's, and here's why celebrating Halloween in any way will send you straight to hell. Here's how to stop the ringing in your ears. Something like that. Right. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was just suggesting that that's what John's writing job for. Anyway, I took us down a weird You're path. Like, no, I, no, I apologize. No, no wonder like, they rejected I'd like say the thing that was insulting yeah. to you and then explain, explain the insult it. to people who didn't know evangelical culture. But right. go ahead. No, I like that. I like that. But I apologize. I, I'm sorry that you got rejected. But no, it, that's part of the job, I guess. It is. And, and it was a rejection I expected, not because I just expect rejection all the time, although that's a part of being a writer. But I knew that the project I'm writing was not the best fit for the kind of books that they do. And they, that's what they said. We love this. We'd love to read this. Mm-hmm. It's just a... It's a little more of a project than we normally, you know, publish. We're more. You didn't get the feeling this was just them being like, no, I did. It's not. It's not you. It's us. No, I mean, I did because part of pitching publishers is knowing what they do. Yeah, everyone doesn't do the same. So you thing. had a feeling that this would be right. This kind of came about as I was doing research, and we ended up having a conversation. And they, I would like to see something. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm not sure this fits, but you know, but it, uh, someday I'll say the name of who it was, and you'll know why. If this book ever happens. Mm-hmm. Then you'll say like, "Hey, you like me now?" Yeah. <laughs> Will you do that? Can you say no, that? No, because I still want to be partner with them. Oh, because they're they're more than a publisher, Johnny. I'll put it that way. Okay, they have a publishing arm, but they're important to the historical story. They're a part of the story. They're actually in the historical story I'm writing. It's like just a big. Yeah, you're a, like what it's is- a man with one arm that publishes. <laughs> I do have a publishing arm, and then my other arm is. Made of titanium. And I was writing a story about a one-armed man with a publishing arm. And that's, it offended them. They were like, they were like is this? Uh, it's two on the nose. This feels. He has a nose, too. He also, his nose is titanium. Anyway, keep moving. <laughs> but, you know, you just, you realize, same thing you just said. I was like, they said our team looked over this. And mm-hmm. I, I did. I had a very similar thing. I was like, Ooh. they're in a room. Right. Deciding your future. Looking over this. And that happens all the time. Yeah. Like we just pitched nine other publishers for some stuff over over the weekend. And you wait six to eight weeks usually. Yeah. Um, sometimes not that long to hear something. If you hear back fast, that's usually not good. Unless it's like, it's it's like, like a jury. Right, some t- right. It's like when the jury comes back too soon. If you if it's gone four weeks, I'm, a- I'm actually happy for that now. Mm-hmm. If I get an immediate call from my agent, either occasionally they'll go, hey, this wanted us to know that they're super interested and they're going to take time now and take it to the team. It's still not a yes. Just uh, the, some editor likes it, you know. Um, yeah. But it's, it's a, it is weird to think that you don't get to speak for yourself. In fact, your work has to speak for itself. Mm-hmm. And you, 
<clears throat> can't control how they perceive your work. Right. You don't get to control people's perception. But it's probably better that you're not in the room. Like, it's better that we're not in there than, like, lobbying on top of – like, the work should speak for itself. Right. But I like having calls, although now – Always I had like this. Because you can clarify, but also it can muddy the water sometimes if someone is steamrolling and over-clarifying. Yeah. Like maybe they've already made their mind to hire you, and then you get in there and you're like, let me tell you why. And they're like, I didn't like his tone. No, that's true. I think I have an, a, a prideful assumption that I'll that things will be better if I can ex- help explain them or you can – or I'll be – But if you couldn't explain it in 50,000 words, John. Right. Well, not that, but that you'll see me as someone who could support the book if you published it. Right, I see what you right. mean. It's more less about whether or not – the writing has to stand for itself, but I can I guess do, what I'm saying is I I, I'm in, rejecting you right now, <laughs> and you're not going to talk me out of it. Johnny, please, <laughs> just give me an advance, anything. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much that plays in the people-pleasing or maybe just making peace a little bit with how the world works. It It kind of is a thing where – that same realization about five years ago that I had where I was like, oh, I'm not advocating for myself and I can't. And this is just chaos. And it's really cool that I have any work at all. It led to like a more of appreciation of like, yeah. well, this is okay. And also that same time, I kind of thought. Johnny just dropped his microphone, everybody. Guys, that was a mic drop moment. <laughs> He's out. But yeah, you just start thinking like you're. This it's an illusion of control, which we've all kind of had to come to grips with during the pandemic of yeah. like, you know, well, I'll just do this forever. And then the world shuts down and you're like, oh, we have to, you know, we don't get to do that anymore for a while. Well, I told you about the book about something like the beauty of disillusion. Uh, I don't have it here. One of our listeners mailed me a copy. Disillusionment? Not disillusion. It's really good. It's just a is it dis- is Oh, it there dis- it is. The gift of disillusionment. Yeah. And all, I mean, the word literally means basically the loss of the illusion the reversal of the illusion but we see disillusionment as bad yeah but it usually means that something that wasn't real is now yeah found out yeah and that's what i was gonna say the other thing that i realized in that moment was like oh because i already knew going into a show like okay this is like another show to me i I, they're special to me because i love working but it also is like all right i'm gonna go to louisiana then i'm gonna go to atlanta then i'm gonna go to Mississippi that I'm going to go for them. It's like they've spent six months planning this thing, right? It's, it's the deal for them. So you have to go in with that. But when I, as far as planning an event or like getting on somebody's radar to get an event, like you have to come to this realization, like they don't care about my career. Right. And that's probably good that you can let yourself off the hook for that of like, don't they know I've not been working? Right. No, they don't. They care about their event, and that's how it should be. Yeah. You provide a service, you know, and they – it should be a good transaction. It should be – I mean, not that everything's transactional. You know what I mean, though. Yeah. It's just uh, – it's probably better to, to let that illusion go that, like, we're all here to help each other, and it'll be whatever. Right. But yeah. uh, it's it's okay. Well, and it makes you want to have a more a more quality experience of whatever you're offering. Yeah. You would think that, but no. Yeah, no, actually, I, I, I phone it in a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just stopped using spell check. I'm just doing whatever. I was in Wisconsin this weekend, this past weekend, and did two shows. And I I told Scott this. Scott, two references to Scott in this podcast, wow. because our friends Scott and Brenna are from... Scott squared. Yes. He, is, he could be squared. He's got a 3D printer. 
If he wanted to be, that's cubed. I'll make it? another make another Scott. <laughs> but anyway, um, great Scott, he would say. They are from Wisconsin. Yeah. And when I was, he was helping me yesterday with a project because he's next door neighbor. He just walked across the street, tried to help me. And then he goes, I said, when I woke up to fly home from, I was in Marshfield, Wisconsin. I had to drive three hours down to Milwaukee to catch my flight. I looked at my phone because I knew the temperature had dropped some because there was a snowstorm there. Mm -hmm. It was negative six with a wind chill of negative 23. Dude. And I said, how do people live here? And he goes, I go, how do you? And he goes, that's why we moved. So like he just, he even admitted it like, no, we had to get away. We were, jeez, we were slowly dying inside. Well, we've done it. You and I were there together in snow in, in 20. Oh, that's right. Well, that was 19. No, that was early. It was 20, before, right before the, right pandemic. before the pandemic. Yeah. And it's, it was cold then and snow. Was it snowy? I think it, it had snow. There was it's, not, this show was the day of the show. We were nervous, although it had sold, almost sold out. We almost sold, uh, we sold over the fire marshal capacity for the room, basically. Which hey guys, tip uh, of the cap to our fire marshals out keep there. Keep this to yourselves. But it was like a thousand, we'd sold over a thousand tickets. And Jeez. then they were like, we're going to sell some more. But there won't be a ton of walk-ups because there's four inches of snow. I go, okay. Even in Wisconsin, they're like, ah, the roads are getting bad. Right. And we hope everybody shows up that bought a ticket, but whatever. And it was really full, but it snowed six more inches while we were in the show. Jeez. The two-hour show, because it's three comics. Johnny, that's almost 10 inches total. Well, I don't know if it was 10 inches total, but I'm just saying, like, it it was snowing all day. And then it said, it's going to snow like this till 6 p.m. And then they go, when we were during the show, they go, they're now saying till 6 a.m. Wow. So when I came out, the car, and it's like lake effect snow, so it's drifts. Yeah. Where part of it's like, oh, there's three inches. Oh, there's a foot. Like yeah. up against your car, it's like a, a mountain of snow. Just You have to chisel out. And it was awful. And so um, I'm not trying to complain, but Wisconsin people are just a different. Wisconsinites. Wisconsinites are different. I mean, they're, they're, they have more fortitude. They really do. There's a strength there. And they came out and they laughed and it was so fun and uh, it was great. I did a show with my buddy Brian Bates and Darren Streblo. Yeah. And, um, Which, by the way, Brian just did uh, the Dadville podcast. He did. Go check that out. Yeah, you should check it out. He talks about being a new dad at 50. Did first time father at 50. Yeah. Brian's the best. Brian's great. He Brian's really great. is. Yeah. When he talks about me, I feel like he won't give it up. He's one of those comedians. You know, we talk about comedians not giving it up for each other. Yeah. Which is why some some podcasts with comedians on it where they're bantering back and forth. Yeah. They won't give it up. They won't laugh at each other and they mm. won't whatever. Mm-hmm. Which is why I like our energy. Right. You can compliment me. I can say good things and about you. And you can laugh at me. I can be snarky, but we know it's all in fun. Sure. But like some comics I'll do interviews with and you can tell they're like, they're trying to one-up you or whatever. Yeah. Brian's not that way, but I feel like he wouldn't say about me, Johnny's such a great guy. You and I'm going so. to go out on a limb and say, no, he would not say that. Wow. He, I think he thinks it. But I think he thinks that's bad programming. I, like it would be bad programming to be like, let's talk about how much we like each other. Uh, but I'm going to say on record right now, Brian Bates is one of the funniest comedy writers, and he's a great guy. And he was was fun being on the road with him and hanging out. We didn't get to hang out a ton, but you know, I was his rental car. He was just going to Uber, and I was like, I'm getting a car, just ride with me. And I think he's pretty. He should be if he's not pretty grateful for that because Ubering in that would not have been no ideal. No, I took care of him. I feel. I feel like there's a gauntlet thrown down. It's yeah. like a friendship gauntlet. I want him to give it up. I want him to be like John. Johnny's a great tell guy. Tell me, tell me where it's like in a it's like in a marriage when your wife goes, "Where are we?" Yeah, like I want to say that to Brian. 
Brian, where where are you and Johnny? Where, where are we right now? And where did you get off track? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Can we go back to that? What's the old African proverb? Don't look where you don't look where you don't look fell, where you fell, but look where look you, where you slipped. Yeah. Brian, where did we st- where did it start to go wrong? Where? I mean, and do you care enough to get back on track? Cuz he know? talked about this on his podcast, which is Nate Land podcast, which gets many, many downloads. And I was I was uh mentioned a couple times on his podcast today oh. that just dropped today and one of them was something i did not know which was when i was brushing and scraping this car after the show listen we had done a two-hour show sold all this merch that i had loading these bags i throw them in this trunk literally I, the trunk you know the trunk is frozen shit you have to like yeah. and the trunk finally flips up yeah pile these bags in i grab this you know every rental car in wisconsin they have to give you the snow brush and the scraper right I pull, and then Brian just gets in the car because like there's only <laughs> one of these. That's fine. I don't expect him to stand out there while I do it because wow. it's ten below wind chill. But evidently, he made an Instagram video. <laughs> so there's an Instagram video of somewhere of him filling me through the windshield while I just wince. That's I've got no gloves. Why did you go to Wisconsin with in snow with no gloves? I didn't realize it was going to be that bad. So you're there. They have stores. If anywhere you can buy gloves, it's Wisconsin. Yeah. They didn't have gloves at the church, though, that I was at. It wasn't what, like a church gift what, did shop. Did you go with, through a wormhole? You had to pass things on your way. Did they not have Walmart no, I, I in Wisconsin? Didn't, I didn't think about it. I didn't imagine myself scraping. I thought, well. Listen, I have three pairs snow, of gloves. The snow will stop. I have three pairs of gloves in this room right now. And that's you had the three pairs of gloves this whole time? <laughs> yeah. We're in the rock. I'm looking at a pair there. There's another pair under there. At any rate. Yeah. It's one thing to not help. It's another thing to take a video. And post to take a video it. and be like, "Look at this clown, Look at this moron out here serving me." Jeez, it's, a, it's upsetting, Brian. I think that might be where the slip happened. Or yeah. do you think it was? I think he's a Johnny almost slipped on the ice. Yeah, good grief! I could have been very bad, and he would have kept filming. I think that from the would have safe, been how you went viral from just... the safety of the car that I purchased. Wow! Wow! Isn't that won't that preach? It hurts. See, some of y'all have been riding around mm-hmm. in Jesus' car. Right. And he's out scraping ice, and all you're doing is taking video of him. Wait. Yeah. It's got to be your car. That's No, no that's, a, is that, that's, a perfect, that's a perfect metaphor. on it? Okay. Maybe you should put down the video, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see what you receive from this. Um, it's fun. Yeah, he'll, he'll make it. He'll do something to make it far fun. worse. He won't, let it, he won't let it go. He's released his own episode, completely yeah. trashing you. Yeah. It would be amazing. So, uh, and he could go back into your past. Mm-hmm. Speaking of going back into the past. Oh, right. That's right. It's, uh, it's time for our weekly segment where we talk about this week in history. It's called Talk About Then. That's right, John. Mm. February 1st, 1964. This song reached number one in the U.S. It was from a group called The Beatles. John, do you know what uh, song it was? Yesterday. I Want to Hold Your Hand. Uh, I think that was their first number one, uh, if I'm not wrong. Uh, 1979. Do you know anything about the Patty Hearst case? A uh, little. It's the Stockholm Syndrome. It's yeah. where we get, like, well, Stockholm Syndrome came from different, but it's where, like, the first U.S. Uh, inference of it or the first instance of it being really like uh, in the news a lot yeah where basically this wealthy socialite Mm. 19 year old was kidnapped by 
a political cult, basically, the Symbionese Liberation Army, which actually were – they were leftists. They were violent leftists. It's mm-hmm. kind of an interesting um, – and so they they kind of kidnapped her. And then after a while, they indoctrinated her, brainwashed her. Right. And she was sending back videos to her family that she had joined them. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the famous photo of her holding a machine gun at a bank robbery. Mm-hmm. And so then when it, when it finally went to trial, it was like – well, now she's going to d- discount this and recant, but which guilty, which was right? true. Yeah, it's like was she brainwashed, and or is she mm. now trying to distance herself to save her own neck? And it was a big whole thing. So how do they rule? They uh, she got some prison time, and then they commuted her sentence, and then I think she was actually uh, pardoned by later. By I think it was President Clinton who pardoned her wow. officially. She'd been out of jail many many years, but yeah, he like expunged expunged her, her record. Yeah. Do you think that you could be brainwashed, John? Johnny, I think I am being brainwashed right now. Right now. Um, yeah, I don't... Because um, it's easy to look at things like this when you watch like Jonestown or we've talked about Waco and you just go, these people. I think... We always think a little highly of ourselves. Sensory deprivation and things like that, I think, can break... Isolation. Uh, yeah, can, can, can break you pretty fast. Or like telling people, it's like the village, the Shyamalan, where the first thing cults do to... And sometimes political movements like this did, you convince the person that everything outside of this tribe is meaning you harm. It makes it so hard to leave because you're like, well, what would the world look like if I leave this? Because I've been told everything outside of this, it's like the village. Yeah. Everything outside of this is evil and wrong and broken. Yeah. So that's the belief that really gets people locked in. Yeah, I think think probably the deepest scriptural principle – of humility that we can take to heart is that is where Paul says, Hey, you know, you got to beware when you're correcting or helping others, lest you yourself also fall. Yeah. You know, like I think to consider yourself incorruptible or someone else's problem being something that couldn't happen to you, I think is like sort of at the epicenter of so much of our issues in the world. Cause it's, it's, it's a little bit, it's in the family of empathy. Yeah. But it's, it's humility married to empathy says, well, of course, I mean, in the in the wrong situations, I might not make the same choices as someone else. But to say that I'm I'm insusceptible to what they are struggling with, you know, just outright because my quality of character or whatever is different, I think would be a a, a, a great uh, misstep, Johnny. Yeah. So if anyone wants to kidnap me and try, I don't. I mean, I don't think there's going to be as much outrage. I don't. Yeah. You're no. You won't even notice for a I, while. This isn't. You know. Your parents aren't the Hursts. You'd be like, was John, did you see John Sunday? I was like, I don't know. We got to eat lunch quicker. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. that'll be kind of the, yeah. yeah. It's like, geez. <laughs> the podcast was less wordy. <laughs> All right. Uh, we talked about the Mayan calendar. I'm cut pretty deep. But, uh. I apologize. <laughs> the, we talked about the Mayan calendar, but I did not even know about this one. Did you know that in February 1st of 1524, uh-huh. this goes back to... When you were a kid, London astrologers predicted the world would end beginning with a massive flood in London on February 1st, 1524. Uh, 20,000 Londoners fled their homes in anticipation of the events. I did not know that. Uh, when the date came and passed, the date was recalculated to 100 years later. So they kind of uh, moved the goalposts, which we've seen happen with like the return of Christ or yeah. in our evangelical background. Right. Why 2 We missed it by a year. 88 reasons why Jesus returned in 1988. Yeah. So this was astrologers predicting 1524, huge flood, but 20,000 Londoners, they fled. Wow. 
And then I guess they had to just come back when they're like, still dry there? Yeah. Well, hey? I guess, yeah, they didn't know. They, yeah. Governor? Whatever. I'm waiting on a, a carrier pigeon somewhere else because how are you really going to know? That's true. If you assume that you just, it's all. When you don't see the flood. It's like that Brendan Fraser movie where he's, uh, his parents think that there was a nuclear holocaust. Oh, a blast from the past. Yeah, and they, they're underground for all those years and actually everything's fine. Right. Yeah. They're in the bunker. Isn't that, what's his face? Who's the dad? Um, that's, um, I don't remember that movie. I remember the movie, but I, I don't uh, think I saw that's it. That's the more cowbell guy. Um, oh, Christopher Walken. That's Christopher Walken, I think, is the dad in that movie. Wow, I knew something. Look at that. I didn't you know knew his something name. I didn't know. But I mean, I'd have your help still. Jeez. Yeah. February 1st, 1898, John, the first U.S. automobile insurance. I don't know if that's a good. 98, really? Uh, 1898. Jeez, that's early. Uh, by the Travelers Insurance Company. You know what? I'm a member of Travelers Insurance Company. That's who provides my... You're the first... Not a sponsor, but we're kind of getting a little... Yeah. Uh, The policy was sold to Dr. Truman Martin of Buffalo, New York for $11.25. About $400 in today's money. And uh, I don't know what was happening that he felt. The previous year... Ohio bought an, uh, Gilbert Loomis of Ohio bought an insurance policy from Travelers for a car he built himself, although it was written as a horse and carriage policy, so he kind of, uh, that was a little, he doctored it. Yeah. This is kind of a horse. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, his policy was purchased for $7.50 and carried $1,000 in liability coverage. Okay. So. Well, I'd imagine that the. Not a whole lot of you got horses parts. sharing the, the road with cars a lot. Right. And pedestrians and people riding bikes. I imagine there's a lot more, a lot less rules to the road and people getting hit and stuff. You know, you need liability. The first televised atomic explosion was February 1st, 1951. KTLA transmits the first live images of an atomic bomb detonation to its local. What a weird thing. Mm. Hey, guys, uh, after this word from Ovaltine, we'll be back with an atomic bomb detonation. Yeah. It was supposed to be a secret test, so cameramen had set up on top of a Las Vegas hotel about 65 miles from the blast zone. The viewers saw their television screens fill with white light. Yeah, because it's like, what are you... Right. Especially back then. How did it not take the camera out? I mean, 65 miles, I guess, is a long ways away, but... I don't... They didn't know what was going to happen, really, probably. Tony, to me, it's always too close. Yeah, you don't want to... blast. Yeah. Yeah. 51. Um, let, me, uh, let me find a couple... One, la- one last one, maybe. The... Uh, well, the uh, Super Bowl Janet Jackson halftime oh. yeah, show happened with JT, and that was a big thing because the, it was the largest FCC fine. Yeah, uh, five hundred fifty thousand mm. dollars. They were fined for that. Yeah. Which the whole idea they called it a malfunction, but it was it was clearly planned. It right? wasn't planned to go as it did, right? I don't know because, like, I thought he was supposed to like rip off part of her. Right, top, but it wasn't supposed to come all the way off. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. But anyway, the fine was—I didn't know this—but the judgment was voided by the Third Circuit Court of Appeals in 2011. Interesting. So this happened in 2004. I don't know if the fine was paid or it was like in appeals. Yeah, we're not paying this. Yeah, because I guess it was. I uh, wish we could do that now. Like, if I get a bill, just appeal it. Yeah, they find CBS, and then CBS was just like, "We'll wait this out, and then we'll get a judge to finally void it," and they did. Interesting. So, but I will say this: one of the first big shows that I had um, in my career was a thing for district youth directors. Yeah. In 
uh, the Assemblies of God denomination, they do a get-together every year on Super Bowl weekend because that's when you kind of don't have anything going on. There's usually not church events or whatever at that time. Yeah. And so all these district youth directors get together, and they kind of encourage each other and talk about plans for the next year. It's 50 districts, more than 50, I think, because some states have more than one. So it's like a ton of people. And they all stay at this hotel in Branson. And I was invited to come perform. They go, hey, every now and again, they'll bring in somebody to kind of perform. And it's almost like an audition for work. Do you want to do it? I've been doing comedy two years. Yeah. So i like, I think I'm ready. <laughs> I think I deserve this. <laughs> and I uh, was not ready, but I did it anyway. And it was during the Super Bowl. And it was because they turned the halftime show off in case it was after the Janet wow. Jack. So it was like that had already... That kind of happened, yeah. gotten into the culture where it's like, we don't know what they're going to show our kids, so we've got to right. bring in a comedian. A full of grown men but, right. and women. But still. Sure. Anything could happen. And that's when I showed my nipple. No, I didn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I told, yeah, I double, it's a double cross. <laughs> that, <laughs> they did not expect They, they that. didn't expect it. What was your find? I didn't expect it. Was, what's funny, it was an accident. I was just taking my hoodie off. <laughs> and I thought that the shirt wouldn't have, but it did. No. It but I, I can see I can see the point like where if you're doing a church event because a lot of churches would show the Super Bowl right and then you're like hey bring your family and then you don't know what I completely you don't know agree. what Aerosmith's gonna do right. right you don't know what Britney Spears is gonna do up there yeah and it might not align with your values I'm not saying that it's, we're all being prudes up I here I completely agree I was just kidding um, so you're yes. saying CBS should have just paid the fine and moved on I'm saying like I understand why you're saying it should have been a million I used to put on these events where yeah. I, I can't be you gotta you gotta be aware that you have a diverse audience of people yeah. and you don't ever want to give programming of your event to someone else if there's a question mark of what it might be. So outside of, you know, what the game's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Which is the game. Now, by the way, you know, and we got to wrap this up, but yeah. you know, Tom Brady has officially retired. Again. And he said, this is it. Well, he he went out. I think this is low. it. Yeah. I think this is, because everybody thought he might come back because you don't want to, you talk about going out on your own terms. And yeah, having, but he, he, he retired last time off of a championship. Yeah. And you think, oh, I can keep doing that. No, it wasn't a championship. It was the year before. It was the year after the championship. Are you sure? Yeah. Johnny, I think I know my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, if he had done that, that would have been great. Only Elway, I think, has done that. Elway got the two championships in a row. Manning, finger in the air. Manning did it. Oh, that's right. Manning. Yeah. 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 So, at, at Denver, same way as Elway. Yeah. What do they have in common? Gigantic foreheads. Do they? No, I don't. Johnny, I don't see foreheads. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah congrats to tom on a great yeah. career and uh we wish him the best he's ready for his podcast tour and we're, we're ready for him you know what if he wants to come on i'd love to talk to him about you know all yeah. things whatever he wants to talk about yeah whatever as long as it's not like bitcoin or whatever remember he was he was shilling oh, for yeah he was a part of that whole group with matt damon and and he'll probably have an agreement like as long as you guys don't try to talk about cover two coverage or fortune something. fortune favors the old that's what it is now because <laughs> he's old uh, but I heard that he lost a ton of money in that too, because he uh, had his own, what are those called? FTC yeah. exchanges. Yeah. It was his. And so for all the people like, Oh, I'm going to shield for this thing and take the money. Like Tom had money in it. He was in it. So I feel a little bit, not bad, but cause he's going to be fun. He'll be all right. I think he's going to make like 40 million a year as a broadcaster. Yeah. He's going to do just fine. So. That's almost what your contract is. Almost. It's up there. But, uh, you know what? Speaking of contracts and broadcasting, Johnny, there are ways that people can support this broadcast. And help us get re-upped. Yeah. Because we're not no. retiring anytime soon. No, not even like a false start. 
We're not even going to hint at retirement. Maybe if we did, it'd be like a great publicity stunt. Like, you know what, guys? The show's going away, and everybody I, comes, and they I love we, it, and they cheer. I think we'd be surprised at how little outcry right. there would be. It'd be like, oh, that's Finally. Still, is that still going? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that guy's still doing it? Right. Did they? Wow, they're really tenacious. You can go to talkaboutthatpodcast.com, though, and see all of our past episodes, in addition to the Patreon link. If you want to kick in a few bucks, help us out. We have a lot of people who pay $5 a month. Look, they don't even miss that. That's a yeah. cup of coffee. Yeah, for the cost of a cup of coffee. You can have a... You can buy an extra cup of coffee and listen to the show. Right. We're not telling you to give one up for us. No. But Just you realize pro- you, you have pro- enough you money probably, for both. You probably have $10. Right. Who doesn't have $10? Right. If you don't have $10... Give us $5. I mean, you could write to us. We'll, be, we, we'll send you a couple dollars if you don't have 10 Coffee should be cheaper. Get your coffee somewhere that's a little cheaper. Maybe then you only your, like... Yeah. If you make your coffee at home. It would be good. Make your co- Buy a Keurig. You could take buy a Keurig for like $100, and then you can have all the coffee you want for free. But it's it not free. It pays for itself in 20 uses if is, you're buying $5 coffee. Is that what you've been told? You've been sold a bill of goods. Well, yeah. It, it also is helps there with a, the ringing in your That's what I was going to say. Is there a coffee that helps with tinnitus? <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, do that if you'd like. And uh, check out Amazon.com. Search for John Driver. And you can see all of John's books. I am not the Mennonite theologian. John you always Driver. have to say that. Because you will find Would him. Would people not notice that you don't have like a straw hat and a... Then as always, Bolo it just tie. has the, the, the pictures. Like, you'll see a book called Atonement of the Church, and you might assume that could be something I might be a part of. Have you ever of, owned right? a bolo tie? Yes. And when bolos were kind of, they came back in the 90s? I was in a thing called Royal Rangers, so I had a bolo tie. Yeah, but that's like a, that was, I mean, did you ever wear a bolo? I don't think I wore a bolo for fashion purposes. That's not to say that my fashion sense was good. I had a bolo tie collection. Wow, did you really? Yeah, I'm not proud of it. No. No. You shouldn't be. I'm surprised you mentioned it here in this. And I'm not like in Amarillo, Texas. Like I had right. bolo ties in Knoxville, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. And no one else did. No. And I just thought, am I setting the trends? And the answer was a, a resounding, resounding no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should also check out johnnyw.com or go to his link tree, man. Johnny's got a lot of amazing products out there for you. If you haven't listened to his comedy or you don't follow him on Instagram, he's a great follow. A lot of cool Do stuff that, coming out all the time. You can see all my horrible memes and terrible photography and uh, uh, new tour dates coming out every day. We're adding new dates to the tour. Yeah. Johnny is burning up the roads right now. We need to go see him live. Mm-hmm. A lot of great shows out there to be had, and uh, I know he'd love to see you there. Come by the table and tell him that you're Come a say podcast hello. listener. That's what you do, and then buy one of my new journals, and I'll sign it for you. Oh, they're great. Yeah, they're great journals. So. Guys, we appreciate the time you give us every week, and we'll do it again next week on Talk About That. I'm Don Hawkins, inviting you to be encouraged with my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You. To subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.